0: Hey, my friends, welcome back to the Nitty Gritty podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team, myself, Matt Beret, and the legend Tom Krieger in front of me. This is episode 44. It is piggybacking off episode 43. We are talking about investment properties. Last episode, we talked about the cons. This episode, we are talking about the pros. So Tom, I want to jump right into it. Give me four pros. Last time we did four cons, this time give me four pros about investment properties.
1: Wow, Matt, only four? Just four, that's all all we got time for. All right, so let me go with the one that uh, for me is the most important. The reason you want to invest in real estate is because of the leverage that you have with real estate. Okay. Um, somebody buys a house and there may be, let's say they have a cash flow of $500 a month. So 12 months that gets you $6,000, right? The hidden value is in the appreciation of the property okay Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't understand that that's really where the real money is it used to be years ago and i'm old enough to remember this people would buy properties where the uh, cash flow was actually a negative and you used to be able to write that negative cash flow off as a loss on your taxes and you would actually get more money by writing the loss off okay yeah now they've eliminated that in the two, in the 1986 um, tax um, reorganization. They uh, redid the taxes. So now what we have to look at is we have to look at properties as why am i buying the property am i buying the property for long term or short term am i buying the investment property to hang on short term and then flip it after a year or two years i need to know the tax consequences of that if i'm holding the property and buying it as an investment property in an area that is appreciating in value and the rents are appreciating that's a great property to buy sometimes you can you can drive ahead of the market you can see a change in a community that it's going from maybe not such a good community, but now they're starting to knock houses down, they're starting to rehab a community like an, like a neighborhood revitalization, you want to get in there before that revitalization moves up to you. So you can get it at a lower price. And then the house will be worth more as the revitalization comes up, you can spend the money on the investment property to improve its value. And then the house itself, the whole unit is appreciating at six, seven, five. Those are normal, normal rates. So for me, the real reason why you buy investment properties is for long term stability, you want to be conservative in your um, evaluations on a property. If you're looking to make quick short money, there's volatility in that. Okay, you got to be very careful about that. So for me, the number one pro of having investment property is to take the whole enchilada and ride the appreciation rate of the whole enchilada
0: gotcha so i think it's important to to mention that if you are looking to buy an investment property and we'll just use very very simple numbers if you're buying an investment property using financing and your let's say your monthly payment on that property you're buying is a thousand dollars a month Yep you don't want to rent it for $1,000 a month and ride the wave of the appreciation. You know, there's so many other things to take into effect, maintenance fees, vacancy fees, you know, your taxes and your insurances and all that sort of stuff. So if you can get an investment property and maybe your monthly payments is 1000 a month, but your rent, you can rent to somebody's 1500 like you said, you've got that positive cash flow of 500 a month, and you're also riding the appreciation rate, which is where a lot of investors have obviously in the last 18 months to two years have seen a huge jump in appreciation. And like we mentioned in the last episode, a lot of them are now starting to look at this and saying, it doesn't get much better than this. Let's pull the cord, get out, sell while we can, right?
1: Yeah, there are a lot of people that are doing that. Um, we talked about the cons um, with the 1031 exchange in the previous episode, So go back to that if you want to, you know, information on that. Here's here's a, 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 something I want to really share with you, Matt. So let's take your example of a thousand dollar a month payment, a, a mortgage payment, a thousand bucks, which is probably going to be about a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar property, roughly. roughly yeah. Okay, um, giving in the interest rates, and then let's say you have um, twenty four hundred dollars a year for taxes. All right, so you got a thousand dollar a month. Mortgage payment, you've got two hundred a month for your taxes, okay, and let's say you've got a hundred a month for your insurance because you're overinsured. So you're looking at about three or thirteen hundred dollars a month in a payment, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say that you know you're being a really good landlord and you're giving um, a people a break and you're only charging sixteen hundred dollars for the rent. So the thirteen hundred are your costs. The sixteen hundred is what you are getting. So there's a three hundred dollars spread in there. Three hundred dollars times twelve months is thirty-six hundred bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Take that two hundred.
0: Doesn't seem a lot. No, it doesn't seem a lot, and a lot of investors may look at this and go, "That's not a lot of money for owning a second home." Right. But that's not where the magic happens.
1: No, the magic happens in the two hundred and fifty thousand dollar property that goes up six percent in a year. Yeah. So that's $15,000. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, it's 16% of the 250 plus plus the, the 15. Same. Okay, and so you have compounded interest on the plus side for you, instead of on the negative side, when you're paying compounded interest to the bank under a mortgage, right? Yeah. So that's where the real wealth is. So imagine that going up 15000 for 10 years. That's $150,000 without any type of appreciation out of that, right? So to me, long term, buy and hold, buy and hold, buy and hold. And if you have cash flow, here's another thing. If you're having more than one investment property and you have cash flow, take that cash flow and apply it to the principle, principle of your current mortgage. So you can buy it down, and before you know it, you will have. $1,500 a month to apply towards the second one that you bought yeah. to buy that down. And what ends up happening is I ran this scenario. I don't have it in front of me, and I apologize to the audience. I don't have it in front of me, but I believe we had 15 units paid full in 17 years by doing that amplified paying down. It's called mortgage curtailment, but you buy one one year. And you start working on that and paying it down in the cash flow. You buy another one the next year, work it down paying on the cash flow. And over a course of time, the first one's free and clear because you've been Mortgage curtailing, paying down that, so you can use all that money to pay down the second one quicker, and then now you take both of those and pay down the third one, and the reduction in the principal amount towards the last two are like it's I mean, simple debt reduction. It's simple, you right? Know, if you get
0: yourself into any kind of debt, they always say, you know, pay off the pay off the smallest amount first, the fifty dollar a month, pay that off. Then instead of saying, great, I have an extra fifty dollars a month to go out and eat and dine and Starbucks with, put that towards your next debt and pay that down. Yeah. And then keep rolling it up, and before you know it, you're out of debt, and you've yeah. got more money in the
1: bank. Yeah, there are many, you know, financial advisors out there. One of the most well-known one is Dave Ramsey. You know, he talks about staying out of debt, and I, you yeah. know, you can't have a tough financial life if you have no debt, mm-hmm. right?
0: Great point. Risk versus reward. Love that. Um, second point.
1: Hey, everyone. We want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise.
0: Also, we are licensed realtors practicing
1: equal housing. Now, let's get you back to the podcast. Okay. So, it, and it's it's similar to um, what we were talking about. It's what we call forecasting property value. And remember what I was talking about before is uh, like an indicator Okay. Right down in the center of, I'm going to use Detroit, okay? I'm, I'm not too familiar with Detroit, but I do know some things. Detroit was in just a hell of the a terrible position. Terrible football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not going down the Lions problem. Um, but Detroit, the city, was in such bad shape for many reasons, okay? But they started to revitalize downtown New York. And a lot of um, businesses and people who you know had, had a heartfelt... Um, to Detroit, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Dave Bing was a mayor of Detroit. He used to play for the Detroit Pistons. Um, That town started to come back as people started to reinvest into New York, I mean, into uh, Detroit. Imagine the guy or the girl who saw that coming before it actually started coming and then started buying up properties. Mm -hmm. And as the revitalization came in, their properties became more valuable. And as they became more valuable, the investor was able to feel comfortable to putting more money in to bringing the property up to uh, better standards or revitalizing the property. So his rate of return was better. So being able to forecast where a market is going is, is a great way to making money and is a great pro for real estate investing, mm-hmm. okay? So how do you know how to do that? Really, I'm gonna tell you, talk with a seasoned real estate agent, talk with somebody in your community. If you don't know, we're here in Tucson, Arizona, but you can also call us and we can set you up with other people who are knowledgeable like us in the advancing market value properties. And I, I think it... it
0: You know, if you, you know, we live in Tucson, if you were to live in Detroit, you know, it's, I don't think it's a bad thing to not be blind to what's happening in your city. Oh, absolutely. You know, because we know, for instance, here in Tucson back in 2010 and 11, when I moved here, downtown Tucson was not a place you'd like to go and it, you know it was bought up and it was revitalized you know they redid the restaurants they took some of the abandoned buildings and turned them into bars and restaurants and great social scene now in downtown but what has that led to that has led to big organizations and companies bringing headquarters here yep so if you were back in 2010 and you thought well two, downtown Tucson's a bit of a dive I don't want to buy any of the buildings and the properties because I don't know where they're going but I'll buy the land vacant land that's close by That land has now been bought up by companies like Caterpillar, Raytheon, and for big bucks, because people saw the bigger picture. So again, I don't think it's a bad thing to step out of the four walls that you may live in Go walk the streets downtown of Detroit, Tucson, New York, wherever you are, and start to see what companies are coming in, what companies are selling, what buildings are shutting down and there's a lot of them during you know the last eighteen months, what buildings are shutting down and what could they be used for? you know you may have a department in fact, I was in Phoenix this last week there's a department store in Phoenix that's shut down that's now been turned into a bar and restaurant. Like it doesn't just because it's a department store doesn't mean it has to be another department store. it can be reused, so if you are seriously looking at investing, making good amounts of money, look more than just what you see in front of you, start to scratch the surface and dig, and again you could be sitting in a great position investment wise
1: yeah, absolutely so uh, matt i can't I can't agree with you more on that is pay attention, and if you don't know how to pay attention find somebody find a real estate agent or even an investor if you know somebody's an investor learn from them be an apprentice
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah. yeah the great thing about this is you don't you know you don't have to you don't know what you don't know right right but you meet find somebody who knows what they're talking about can take you under the wing and point out you should do this look at this and and the trends and what's going on so that's a great point people
1: have lived before us
0: absolutely absolutely so forecasting property value where properties are going love that so uh, number so that was number two number one was risk versus reward number two was forecasting of property values and where properties are going number three
1: so I would say that um, a, a real good pro is to be seasoned in knowing what a cap rate is and what the cap rate is in your area now what does that mean i'm going to put it in layman's term this is 101 investing i don't want any ccim guys coming back and saying well listen I, I, that's we'll throw a, all the full
0: disclosures at the yeah, bottom of yeah, the podcast yeah. What, yeah. We're,
1: <laughs> what we're trying to say is is that is that in a general a general description is the amount of money that you invest, that you personally invest, the rate of return you're gonna get on that. Right. Very simple. If I put in $10,000 to buy a property and I make a $1,000 profit after everything is done, I have a 10% rate of return on my money. I like to just use a generic term and say that's a good cap rate, okay? Um, Most cities right now have very low cap rates. A lot of people in um, the San Diego area are contacting me. Their cap rates are three, three and a half, Yeah, which is a small cap rate. Normally in Tucson, it's six, six Six and a half. Six to seven, yeah. Yeah, six, six and a half right now. And the reason being is because the prices have gone up but the rents haven't caught up yet. But, but believe me, the rents are catching up. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, as a, as an investment owner an investment property owner, I'm glad that the rents are finally catching up. And the reason why they're catching up is because people now have to pay their rent. Yeah. Remember, the as in the previous podcast last week, um, people had the moratorium; didn't have to pay the rents, right? Mm-hmm. So. A, a pro is to is for you to know the cap rates you want and then go after that. Gotcha. Okay? Gotcha.
0: All, All right. right. That's a, That was a nice, quick, easy one. We yep. like that. Um, and again, if you want to know more information about cap rates, give us a call. Um, number four. Give me number four.
1: Okay. So number four is added value potential. So, and again, it falls in the lines of a lot of this other stuff. You can find a property that needs some work. Okay? Add some value to it might be carpets it might be tile it might be paint it might be new light fixtures it may very well be that it's a large expense to bring it up then you might want to work with a partner on something like that so as an example a a value-added property I find a three-bedroom two-bath home that needs all the windows replaced, it needs all new cabinets, it needs new appliances, it needs new carpet, it needs new tile, it needs to be painted, and the roof needs to be replaced. Well, that's a big ticket item. And if you're a first time, um, a first time property investor, you might not want to take on something like that. But you might want to partner with somebody. Okay, so a Pro and that would be hey I'm willing to partner with this person learn how to do these types of repairs or who to hire to get these repairs. I buy a two hundred thousand dollar house. I put a hundred thousand dollars and I sell it for four hundred thousand. Okay, mm-hmm. I was partnering with somebody so I only get a percentage of that. But value added properties is something that is still out there. You may want to look at having a real estate agent go to a neighborhood where people have owned their house for 25 or 35 years and they're like we're ready to retire we haven't really done anything to our house we just want to sell it and you can get it at a good deal you can put those the value into it like i said some of the things or all of the things we talked about and then turn around because we're in such a shortage market right now you can have a profit being made there this is in essence what like open door and offer pad are doing right now yeah okay they're they're obviously that's wall street money coming into the marketplace and taking advantage of the selling population uh and utilizing um their ability to just buy it outright and save a lot of time and trouble for the sellers the sellers aren't making. As much as they could but it's a convenience thing
0: yeah yeah, yeah. cash today just get done with it Be done. You don't have to make any repairs it's an as-is property it's the next person's problem. you know
1: and, and quite honestly with that and it's one of the things that we've been we've been talking about in the industry and as well as on our team here is that do we believe that these companies are taking advantage of what i'm going to call fear false evidence appearing real that everybody's freaking the market's going to cr- crash. So I'll sell my house at at 80% of its value just so I can save it and it doesn't going to lose 15 or 50%. So, you know, if you want to go down that avenue as an investor, come in as a cash buyer, you might be able to find these types of people um, that would be a great pro where you could buy the house at 80 cents on the dollar. Fantastic. Yeah. So,
0: four four great points again. Um, I would highly suggest go back and listen to podcast number 43, which is the cons of investing. And then obviously listen to this one, podcast 44 with regards to the pros. So risk versus reward, forecasting of property value, where the market's going and when it's going. Number three, knowing your cap rates. And then number four, knowing what value added potential is. So great series, great couple of uh, uh, episodes. If you have any questions about investing here in Tucson, they can call us. If you're in a different city, different state, call us anyway. We'll connect you with an amazing agent who knows about investing in the city and state you're in. And until next time, we'll see you later. Hey, thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team. If you are thinking about buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, please reach out to us. We are local here in Tucson, Arizona, but we are also connected to over 4,000 agents across the U.S. So again, looking to buy, sell, or invest in your hometown, reach out to us and let us connect you.